This episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast is affiliated with Blueberry. Go to Blueberry.com, that's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com, and use promo code Jay Doherty at checkout for one month free. Hey everybody, this is David Axelrod of the Axe Files Podcast, and you're listening to the Jay Doherty Podcast. <laughs> Another episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. My name is Jay Doherty, and uh, we are back, yes, for episode number 25. Thank you so much for uh, listening. I really appreciate you being here. I hope uh, the audio quality is very crispy, and everything is how it should be on your uh, listening end of things and everything like that. Thank you very much for being here. Um, to this episode today is about the technical side of production, uh, specifically how uh, what I'm doing and how I'm using gear to produce my podcast uh, and my podcast here, uh, and and I use very similar, well, pretty the same gear, uh, sometimes in a in a different configuration uh, depending on the show or the podcast or whatever, but uh, it's all the same gear for the most part. But I do, I will say that over the course of my somewhat long uh, break from uh, doing podcasting and everything. There's been a lot of upgrades in the studio, um, and there's three that I'm going to be talking about today. Number one, I've upgraded my main board. For those of you who have listened to the podcast and go way back uh, in uh, the previous episodes where I've talked about my my setup, um, I have used the Behringer... I mean, I'm sorry, I've used the uh, Mackie... Uh, ProFX 8V2 was my main board uh, here, but I have uh, since upgraded that. I've also upgraded my monitors, uh, my studio monitors, uh, which I'll talk about, uh, my speaker monitors. A lot of people think they're computer monitors, but no, these are speaker monitors. And then I also upgraded my, uh, well, I had a very basic, very simple iRig Keys Pro uh, keyboard synthesizer that I uh, had. Now I know I still own that, but I have since upgraded and uh, have gotten new uh, speakers here in the studio. So I have a new uh, keyboard here in the studio. So I will be talking about that and all of the upgrades in in here in the studio. So the first thing that I'll uh, talk about is the Behringer X32 uh, Compact. That is my new board. It is really cool. It has uh, 16 channels built in. Uh, you can expand to, I believe, 40 channels if you buy the um, the AES50 uh, box, which uh, I, I think it's 500 bucks if you want to expand that. So uh, you can get f- uh, 40 inputs and 16 outputs as opposed to uh, 16 inputs and 8 outputs, uh, so so it is uh, very expansive. For what I'm doing, I don't really need that, but uh, for some people, especially if you're doing something live, uh, it might be nice to have. Uh, just to go over some of the technical specifications of the board, um, it's a digital board with 32 channels. It has, uh, uh, for inputs and mic preamps, there's 16 XLRs. Uh, for phantom power, 32 channels that I can provide for <coughs> There's uh, line inputs for 16 for XLR. There's a couple other inputs that I wanted to uh, point out. There's two RCA inputs if you want to use those, and then there's six uh, auxiliary TRS ports that you can use. The outputs, eight XLRs, uh, outputs direct, they're all assignable, which is really nice for customization, things like that. Uh, For the inputs, you can have um, two AES-50s if you want to add those. Those, That was the box that I was talking about. 
talking about. Um, there's 16 aux sends. The send and return uh, inputs and outputs 6 TRS, which is really cool. I'm actually utilizing uh, three of, I believe it's three, yeah, it's three of those, um, for some of my analog gear, which I'll also talk about, it's completely rearranged, um, not that anything's different, but it's uh, all completely rearranged in a different space with different setups and different cabling and everything like that, just a little bit better and more customized. Uh, also, the board, let me return back to the board here, uh, it has 25 total uh, buses or groups, uh, there's 16, you can have 16 buses, there's a main LCR, and then there's six uh, matrices um, in the board. There's uh, virtual channel inserts that you can have. They're physical, but they all the, all the main channel inserts are all virtual. Um, they're digital as well. They're not like the analog real thing. However, you can have physical uh, insert gear assignable through the, uh, as I said before, the aux ins and outs. There is talkback on the board, which is really nice, and meaning if you don't know what talkback is, it's basically when um, if you have a producer of the show uh, and then you have the host and you don't want the producer's instructions or whatever to go out over the recording or over the board or over to, you know, if you're on the radio and you want the producer's instructions to go uh, to the host, but not over the air, you can just listen, the, the you can just press a button and then there's a, you can either hook up your own mic or there's actually a mic built into the board. So if a producer wants to say something in the host's ear really quickly to brief them about breaking news or whatever, you know, five minutes left until you got to go to break or whatever, they can do that very easily. Um, with the built-in mic, or you can uh, go around the back and plug in your own customizable or your mic of choice or whatever, which is really cool. Uh, let's see. For data uh, exchange, the I.O. for that, you can have Ethernet, USB, and then there's also a MIDI in and out, which is really cool. Uh, there's two USB ports on there, one for data exchange and one for uh, recording, and there's MIDI ins and outs on the board, of course, uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, for USB, there's a one type A and two type Bs, as I said. I, I don't know exactly what the, I, I believe the one, the type A is also for da uh, data exchange, but the two type Bs, one is for data and one is for uh, recording. The, commu the computer connectivity, uh, USB 32 by 32, um, you, there's headphone, uh, there's two headphone jacks on the board, so if you don't have a headphone amplifier, uh, but you do want... Uh, a, co a host or a co-host, if you have two people, they can plug their headphones on each side of the board and it works really nicely. So if you don't have a headphone app for some reason, um, you can just use that, especially if you're only using two people. Um, there's set, there all the faders, and this is really cool, I'll talk about this and how I use it. Um, they're all motorized, they're 17 by 100 millimeter, they're really, really nice faders. Um, and I use them for a lot of stuff. There's a four-band parametric equal equalizer built into the board that you can have, but there's also a six-band on uh, the mix buses, which is uh, which is fairly useful, um, uh, you know, for effects and things. I don't, again, um, for what I'm about to talk next, uh, effects returns and effects. Yes, there are built-in effects. I don't really use them that much, being that I host a podcast and everything. However, they I do know that they have an expansive array of, uh, of things and and uh, built-in effects uh, on the processor, uh, being that Behringer and Midas have worked together on this board, and I'll talk about the Midas uh, aspect of that uh, and how I like it a lot. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, let's see, you do have DAW control, so you can control certain aspects of your DAW. However, this little part is a little bit deceiving, uh, meaning 
but we'll talk about that as well. Um, the height is 8 inches, the depth is about 20 inches, and the width is 25 inches. It is a whopping 34 pounds, and um, it is an incredible board. Uh, I guess we'll start at the top, what I was talking about. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the equalizing, and in, in the, I guess... Hmm. I, I'll talk about the the way uh, the channel works because normally you see when you go to big studios you see these huge boards that are like the width of a huge like a dining room table with just knobs and buttons and faders and just this incredible very intimidating setup. But this board is almost the same thing, only cheaper. Maybe a little bit more power, but it's digital. And the way, if you ever take a look at the board, and I'll have pictures on my website, j-dorty.com. If you go to j-dorty.com slash episode 25, you'll be able to see it with detailed show notes about everything that I talk about. So please go ahead and take, check out the website. It really helps us out. Uh, but let's just take a look. So the board itself, if you take a look at the picture on the website, there's a select button for each channel. So if I select... Um, each channel. There's also a screen. It's a, I believe it's a 7-inch screen built into the board, and you can select each channel on the board. You can hear my tapping, which is exaggerated for the purposes of you hearing it, but um, you you have different controls. So first of all, which is this is actually really cool. I, it's kind of a gimmick, but it's you know not a gimmick, but it's it's nice to have. There's individually selectable phantom power for each of the channels, so you can turn on and off phantom power. Per channel, it's not like there's one big switch that pumps fandom power into every single channel that needs it. Um, so that that can prevent a lot of mic slash line in issues where there's buzz where there doesn't need to be buzz and everything like that. And it's also nice to just be able to control the phantom power for each of your uh, your your mics, and it's 48 volts, of course. Um, next to that, there is a full uh, section for EQ. Um, you have a frequency control, uh, you have uh, your gain control and everything, and you equalize the board corresponding to where to what the screen says. So there's actually a dedicated view button on each of the channels, and if you press or each of the parts, the aspects of sweetening. So of course there's there's uh, there's there's equalization, there's compression, there's gate. Um, there's a low-cut filter, and you can view all of those in-depth settings by pressing the view button near it. And then on the screen, which is really cool, it shows up the screen for what you are uh, viewing and what you're going to control. So, and they have algorithms, and, and, and you can see the graphs and the diagrams for how, for what, what's get being cut out on the gate. I'm looking at the gate right now, but if I looked at the compressor, which is not on right now, I could see if I wanted to compress a track, I could see what's going into it, what's coming out, if what sounds are being made louder. And then what's really cool is there's RTA on the equalizer, so if I press view on the equalizer, I can see see what frequencies are coming from my voice, and then EQ it properly to my voice, um, which is really cool, just by twisting knobs on the board, and those knobs correspond to not only what you hear, but also what you see on the screen of the board, which gives, again, this is a four-band EQ, uh, it gives incredible depth uh, and feel to what you're, what you're working on and what you're seeing there, um, which is really, really cool. Uh, let's see what else. So yeah, that that's pretty much what you can do. But you you normally on on huge boards you see tons of knobs 
all of these knobs, there, there's technically 32 of these sets of knobs here and everything like that. You just have to select each channel, which brings me into my next part. Well, if there's only uh, 16 faders on the board and then one master fader, so technically it's 17 faders, but uh, 16 or faders on the board that you're that you're able to select then why how are the 32 built or 32 channels or or uh if you're gonna if you're gonna use that aes 50 box 40 channels or 32 well because there's motorized faders and you can go through the layers and the the pages uh if you will of the uh, of the board so right now i'm viewing channel one through uh channels one through eight uh, and I use channel 1 for my mic, so that fader is pushed up uh, to 0 right now on the board, but if I wanted to push it up higher, you would hear my voice more. You can probably barely hear my voice right now if I take it down lower and then bring it back up and everything like that. And this is just recording into a simple audition se session uh, through Master Out. I'm not doing any uh, like super advanced by layer uh, recording into multi-track of audition. But I am doing uh, two mono tracks uh, going into audition. So it is completely stereo. So if I wanted to, let's just say, select this channel, and this is again one of the knobs. Now you only hear me in your left ear, and this is on a uh, separate track of audition. And then now you only hear uh, me in your right ear, which is uh, also a separate track on audition. So if something were to happen, you know, in a, like a post-production issue or like. Uh, in live, if someone's mic, like, for some reason cut out, and it only went to left or right, uh, I could easily fix that in audition and post-production, and that would be really easy just because, uh, it is a dual multi-track session. Um, then I have guest mic 2, which is my second fader, guest mic 3, which is my third fader, guest mic 4, which is my fourth fader, uh, um, then I have computer audio 1, then I have phone call audio, uh, 1, phone call audio 2, and then, um, the, uh, producer mic, which I rarely use the producer mic, but it's a cheap, really, really cheap, like, I think it's like 20 buck mic, $20 mic, that's really easy to use, and it's just plugged into the talkback mic, so if I ever, if anyone was ever in the other room or something, they had to give me instructions during a live broadcast, or just tell me anything breaking, which I rarely use, I don't need it, it's not... I I'm not do I have not done many very many broad live broadcasts. However, I plan to do a lot of them in the future. But I I'm and I'm probably going to use it more. Um, but I've not used uh, it very much in the past. All right, let's see what's next. So nine through sixteen, I leave these empty for right now. I'm not using any of them um, right at the moment. And you know, anything like that, uh, so nothing really much to talk about there, 17 through 24, now, these typically would be, if you, if I had an extension box, like the AES 50 or whatever, I would be able to use these, um, as, uh, faders for the extension of the inputs, however, I've routed these in the very complex, very detailed routing menu of the board, I've routed them so I can, uh, I can use them as technically outputs, so, 17 and 18 on the board are actually linked together. Oh, jeez, you see that feedback there. Um, they're linked together. Uh, so, um, I can... that That's my computer audio. That's what's feeding back. So, uh, if I'm listening to, like, a YouTube video or just watching anything from a source on my computer and I wanted to listen to it, I'd push those faders up and then I would hear it. 
um, and it's, it, that's basically my computer audio main source. And and right now I'm recording into my computer, obviously. So then when I push this up, it's feeding back, but there's a little bit of latency, so you can hear that, and that gives you a little bit of reverb. Um, and if I and this is only at uh, about negative seven decibels, but if I push this up, then you really start to hear the feedback. Um, so it's a, it can get a little bit weird, but yeah, that that's how that works and everything, um, and that yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's uh, seventeen and eighteen are linked stereo channels, and what's really cool about the flying faders and the moving motorized faders is when I push them up, the other one next to it because it's a stereo channel moves up with it. Now you can link them, you can unlink them if you wanted to for some reason only hear the uh, computer audio on the right speaker, the left speaker, then you could do that or whatever you wanted to do, you could easily do just like that. Uh, 25 through 32, um, I'm currently routing some stuff through there right now but not using them at the moment. The next uh, page layer of faders are my aux inputs. So this is where it gets a little bit weird with my... Um, analog outboard gear um, my so uh, aux one is feeding into a, a routing patch to my outboard gear which is in a rack uh, above me that's what I'll talk about two and three are also doing the same thing it's just a separate channel the effects returns are what I want the effects to feed into or feed to um, and how loud I want them to be or how uh, prominent I want the reverb to be or how low or whatever I want the delay to be the bus one through eight uh, masters I'm using for uh, to send certain effects and things like that uh, to certain channels and then bus nine through sixteen master is just an expansion of the first eight that I was just talking about so there's a lot of other stuff that I'm going to talk about but I'm going to take a break right now if you're listening now on the live stream and I broadcast this show live uh, every week so if you're listening to this on the live stream there's going to be a slight break to uh, thank our very awesome sponsor blueberry and then we'll be right back if you're listening on the podcast no need to worry there are no commercials except for the one in the beginning of the podcast so we will be right back and go ahead and you can listen uh, you you don't if you're on the podcast no commercial for you and this is something new that we're trying out let me know what you think email me at j at j-story.com or whatever but i'll be right back on the live stream in about five minutes and if you're listening to the podcast well i'm back right now Alright, so we are back here uh, on the podcast, uh, if you're listening, and we're also broadcasting this live. Uh, took about a five-minute break there to thank our sponsor, Blueberry. Now, uh, let's talk about how I have everything patched in to the board. Now, if you have listened, again, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, you know that I have quite the uh, expansion of analog uh, sweetening gear that I used to use with my analog boards, um, and I'm still using it with uh, this uh, whole podcasting setup. But because there's so many built-in digital effects within the board, it makes it a little bit easier, and I don't have to use this for every single thing, even though it's they're all extremely useful, and these are what the um, EQ and the compressor, the compressor and, and uh, you know, the effects processor, they're all built off of the, the stuff that's... Uh, the analog stuff, it, that's what it's built off of in the digital uh, board. So I'm not using it right now, but I do use all of the analog gear for my music production. That's where it's really, really helpful, um, and that, that, and, you know, where I use it, uh, primarily. Um, but now I have a completely new setup where everything, uh, is in the rack. So I have this huge rack, well, it's not huge, but there's a rack above me on the right, uh, that has tons of gear in it, um, 
and it has, well, let me just go ahead and go through the gear here. So, a couple, two new things, and then all the other stuff that I've had in the past. Uh, first of all, there is a patch bay, uh, two patch bays, um, and I'll talk about that in a second. Above that is my old headphone amplifier. Above that is a two-channel uh, gr- uh, 31-band graphic equalizer. Above that is uh, the compressor limiter gate, which is four channels, and then a stereo virtualizer 3D effects processor, all of which are made from Behringer. So, that's my setup right there. Uh, It's all completely in a rack. And it's much more cable managed than it's ever been before. It's really, really cool. And I'll talk about all of that right now. So, first of all, if you don't know what a patch bay is, it's something that is incredibly useful when you are uh, when you have a um, a bunch of cables and a bunch of things you want them to be hidden, especially when they're in a rack. So, in this rack, um, behind all of this stuff, and I'll try and put a picture of all of this on the website, um, there's tons of cables. Now, I actually soldered, I custom soldered every single cable that's going into these, uh, these pieces of gear. They're all custom-made, custom-soldered pieces of gear that, uh, are pieces of cables that are going in. Some are, you know, female-to-male uh, XLR, some are quarter-inch-to-XLR, and they're all custom-soldered for the exact length, the exact height, and it's actually much, much cheaper than having to buy all of these cords, all of these cables for, uh, these four just, you know, that they're not custom fit, you can buy them, they'd be here in whatever, two days or whatever, all it takes is a couple hours, uh, and you can solder all the cables and get them right in there, it does take quite a long time, but it's way cheaper, and it's really, it's worth it, um, so it's really cool, and I think I soldered a total of almost 40 cables, uh, all custom length, and they're all in there, all in the patch bay, so I'm going to explain my patch really quickly, again, if you know a little bit about patch bays, which I suggest you, if you don't know, I would suggest you learn about it, but I'm going to talk about, uh, exactly how this works, um, and how I have it patched in, so on the headphone amplifier, which is the uh, first piece of gear above the two patch bays, uh, on the top of the A side of the patch bay, uh, and again I'll have pictures of this on the website. It's basically just a huge rack piece with a bunch of uh, ports, uh, quarter-inch ports on it that you can plug cables in. And uh, traditionally these cables are very short; they're about one foot. Um, these cables that you plug into them, and they're for routing things and patching things into each other. So you could, and it's kind of it looks like a uh, you know an old switchboard that you see uh, operators use in, in like older films and everything where they you know move the wires around to get to certain things that's basically what you're doing only you're doing it with uh, uh, analog audio gear all right so let's take a look here so on the top uh, the top headphone amplifier uh, in patch bay one we have on the a side uh, in one so that's main input one and then main input two um, th- that's very simple. And then on the bottom side, the B side of that uh, headphone or uh, that patch bay, we have out uh, output one as uh, the B one is output one, uh, B two is output two, B three is output three, B four is output four, B five is output six, 
B6 as output 6. So, fairly self-explanatory. Um, and that's how it is. So, if I wanted to, let's just say, uh, have a very simple headphone mix, um, and you'll see I'm, I'm using the Behringer PowerPlay 8 is my device for headphone amplification. Um, I only uh, soldered 6, uh, I, I soldered 8 cables in total, um, 2 for the main 1 and 2, and then the 6 for each individual channel. I never. I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to use 8 channels on all 8 channels channels on the headphone amplifier, and I didn't want to, you know, solder more cables than I needed to, but if I ever do choose to have it, I can easily just solder a couple more and get those right on, but uh, let's let's see, so if I wanted to very simply set up a headphone uh, patch, all I would have to do is, uh, I routed some other stuff from the board, um, 13 through 18, um, uh, so... 13 through 18 on the patch bay are aux auxiliary uh, inputs 1 through 6 on the board. So if I want to take, I, and I routed 17 and 18 as my default headphone patch. So if I took the cables coming from 17 and 18 on the patch bay, put them into inputs on the A side 1 and 2 of the uh, patch bay, and then took uh, my headphones and plugged them in to uh, B, uh, the first B output or B3 or whatever, I could do that, plug that in and I could hear the mix and I would just have to turn a knob on the headphone amplifier and that would control my volume um, which is really cool there's also default mono uh, inputs on there so if you have a mono channel you can instead of just hearing it in your left ear or whatever you can actually press the mono button and you hear it in both ears um, so that's kind of cool if you're uh, doing mono specifically mono stuff that's not dual uh, it's really cool and, uh, yeah, so that's basically how that works. It's very simple. Uh, you just patch, really, if you wanted to have six people have their headphones, you just patch those two cables into input one and two, and then plug all their headphones in on the bottom B side one through six. And that's that. Um, and again, these are all quarter inch. So if you are going to use headphones, you probably want to get an adapter. Um, if your if your headphones are the traditional 3.5 millimeter headphone jacks, um, and no, they do not have lightning ports for all you Apple users who want to use your Apple headphones uh, with the lightning ports. I, that would be funny if they made lightning port patch base, but no, they do not make those. That is not how uh, it works. So I talked about my um, my auxiliary inputs on the patch bay. Well, what about the auxiliary outputs? So, uh, I actually am not using the auxiliary outputs here. I'm kind of routed them so the outputs on these aux inputs uh, would be omnidirectional. So, um, that's what basically my outs are on uh, 17 and 18. They're headphone left, headphone right. Um, and all those other ones I can like if I wanted to put 13, I could put that into a compressor, and then or 13 into an equalizer, and then send that feed, that input from the equalizer, the output to a compressor, and then the output of the compressor into I don't know an effects processor, and then you know twist knobs and tweak everything, and just pull cables out and put cables in as I needed to make changes and adjustments, and that's basically the same exact thing as twisting knobs and 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 uh, tweaking things on VSTs and plugins and in software. Only this is the real thing. This is analog gear, um, and that's really that's what's really cool. So the um, second part of the patch bay, as I said, I talked about my aux inputs in the headphone app. Uh, the next part is the graphic equalizer. This is really yeah, simple because it's only two channels. Uh, the top uh, on the patch bay, or the top A side of the second patch bay, input one is um, equalizer channel one input, and then the uh, input two on the second patch bay is um, is input two for the equalizer, and then the same for the output. 
so out one is EQ channel one output, and out two is EQ channel two output. On the compressor, on the second patch bay, um, three, four, five, and six are one, two, three, and four for the inputs, and then out three, four, five, and six are uh, one, two, three, four for the outputs. Very easy. So I can send something into the compressor and take that output and either plug it right back into the headphone amp or just stop the patch right there and go, uh, you know, record or whatever what I'm whatever I'm gonna do with that patch bay. Uh, and, and, you know, have, however I'm going to record it. The next, the f next and final piece of this uh, rack of gear is the virtualizer, the effects processor. It is um, two mono channels, so it's technically a stereo channel, but most of the effects processing you need to do is uh, mono, so you can act technically use two channels if you want, um, because, I mean... Very, very rarely you see movies where they're doing stereo effects processing, where it's like um, you hear reverb on the left side and delay on the right side. And even if they were to do that, you could figure out a way to do it in, you know, where it's mono, I believe. So um, unless you're doing huge stuff where you need a stereo uh, um inputs and outputs on each of these, uh, on, on the effects processor, you could probably get a much better effects processor for it, but for this, you can do two mono tracks, and it's really cool, you just patch it in, um, to input 7 and input 8, and then out 7 and out 8 for, uh, output 1 and 2. So that's basically how, uh, I have everything patched, and it's all into the board, and by the way, I have, um, some patch cables, they're all color-coordinated, um, so they come in, let's see, what is it, blue, uh, black, green, white, purple, yellow, red, uh, and a couple other colors, um, so that's really cool for co uh, coordination and everything, I have 16 of those, and they're all one feet long, that's perfect, it reaches to everything very easily from wherever you want on the patch bay, so you can patch anything into whatever you want, and it easily, easily works, um, it's a really cool setup, and it's really fun to use, so that's that, and that's how I do it. <clears throat> So that is basically my whole setup for the board. Um, it's a huge organization project. Uh, again, all those cables are custom soldered, so you, can, you can't even see them. None of the cables touch the ground. That's how custom they are. I measured them exactly to uh, how you, you know, to, to the, uh, you know, how they work and, and, and the, the distance between each uh, piece of gear in the rack, and, and they all work very seamlessly together, and they're perfect. They, they reach the exact distance. So yeah, that's that. That's my whole setup for my board, for my uh, podcast, my rack gear, and everything. And al also, I don't know if I mentioned this, to power all of this, I have a uh, Furman power conditioner at the top, which is feeding all the power for um, my board, my headphone amplifier, my equalizer, my compressor, my virtualizer, my right speaker, not my left speaker, which I'm going to talk about right now, the speakers. Um, but And then the patch base don't even need power, so that's really cool. They just feed signals in. I don't need any power at all. So yeah, that is my setup. Alright, now on to the speakers. So, um, let's take a look. I'm using, these are my new upgraded speakers. They are the KRK Rocket 6G3 6-inch powered studio monitors. These are, um, very popular for studios, especially smaller home studios and everything like that. Um, and I'll go over some of the technical specifications for anyone who's interested. So obviously these speakers are powered, they are digital, they are bi-amped, the, uh, the driver, the LF driver size is 6 inches, um, the HF driver size is 1 inch. Um, the driver type is actually, uh, soft dome tweeter for, um, HF and everything, and then the LF driver 
driver type is Aramid Glass Composite Woofer, um, which is really powerful. Um, the LF driver power amp is 48 watts HF25. Uh, the total power that it can reach 73, um, 73 watts. Now, what's really, really crazy, the frequency response on these speakers on the high end, and I don't know if the step up the KRK Rocket 8s can get higher than this but the frequency response on these soft dome tweeters are 38 hertz to 35 kilohertz and that <laughs> that's pretty crazy 38 hertz that i mean um i don't know if any speakers i mean i'm sure there are speakers that can produce 20 hertz you're not your 20 and again if you don't know any of this technical stuff uh th anything that's probably i would say below 80 is considered bass uh, sub bass like you know things that come out of subwoofers and then anything about uh, above what would it be 12,000 kilohertz um is high or maybe a little bit lower or no 12,000 hertz i'm sorry uh that that's basically what it would it would sound like so uh yeah i mean 38 hertz going down to that is pretty good for the size of a speaker, um, and, you know, no, I don't think any human ear can hear 20 hertz, um, I know there's speakers that can do it, you can certainly feel it, I mean, it's like a huge vibration, if you push, uh, 20 hertz out of a subwoofer at full volume in a house on the second floor that's not built very well, you could probably take down the house, <laughs> so, they can, uh, they could do pretty, pretty, uh, powered things. Not these speakers, I don't think, could take down a house, but they can get very loud in these woofers. They bounce back and forth, and they move and everything, um, and that's really cool. Now, apparently, the Max Peak SPL is 107 decibels, and I believe the standard fire alarm is 85 decibels. I could be wrong on that, but I believe it's somewhere in that range. So, that's, that just gives you a comparison. They can get, uh, much louder than a fire alarm, um, which is really cool. Uh, for the inputs, a lot of people are curious about what inputs he's taken. What's kind of nice about these is on traditional uh, speakers like these, they always take XLR, and these have XLR, but they also have uh, one quarter inch TRS input and one RCA input. So if you're doing something very simple with like an aux cable or something like that where they have RCA inputs, you can use that, and it's very easy. They do take power, of course, so that's really uh, easy. You do have to bring the power cord, but the speaker themselves comes with a power cord. Um, it, the height is 13 inches. The width is about eight or about nine inches. The depth is about uh, almost 11 inches, and the weight is about 20 pounds. So, uh, pretty heavy speakers, but they are good. They are really awesome, and uh, they are. Yeah, they're 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 good speakers. I like them a lot. Um, they can push out a lot of bass and everything, and they're really awesome. I really really like the 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 sound that comes from them. They're really great, and um, yeah, I mean I think that's pretty much all I have to say about the speakers. They're I would I love them very a lot. You know they're cool, and I also to point out a lot of people forget or just don't even mention the uh, the foam that goes under them. I have Arlex acoustic foam um, under the under the speakers. So, you know, they don't vibrate or they're on wood, custom-built wood stands and everything. So I don't want the wood to break or anything like that. Or, you know, I, they can get really loud and they can vibrate a lot. So I want to be safe and everything and have this padding. And um, that also helps with distortion so it doesn't distort as much uh, sound and everything. So that's really cool and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, that is my speaker setup. <clears throat> so now on to... The Akai Professional MPK 249 controller keyboard 
which also acts as a digital synthesizer. There are 49 keys, there are semi-weighted keys, the aftertouch, yes, there is aftertouch, there's 16 pads, there's uh, 8 assignable buttons, there's mod uh, modulation and pitch wheels on there, so you can uh, do that and use and control the modulation and the pitch just right from the uh, board. There are uh, eight encoders and pots. There's eight faders. There's dedicated transport uh, controls. You can have um, a sustain pedal, which I have. They're only like twenty bucks, and I just hooked it up. There's a port on the back. There's also an expression pedal that you can hook up, um, which is really cool. There's MIDI in and out. There's uh, one USB port, and then there's also a power cord. So if you're not recording and you using USBs for some reason, you can just power it up, hook it up to a couple of uh, speakers, and you can be performing live. Um, for hardware requirements, they do recommend that you have a 1.25 gigahertz G4 or G5 or faster, um, two gigabytes of RAM. That's what Intel says. Um, they have for, that's for Mac. For uh, PC, I believe it's the same thing. Only it's the Pentium 4 uh, Celeron CPU with uh, two gigabytes of RAMs, and then they do recommend that you have a Windows compatible sound card. Um, for the uh, operating system requirements for Mac, they do recommend you have 10.5 or later, and <laughs> for PC, they recommend you have Windows XP, uh, Windows Vista, Windows 7, Windows 8, which is fairly amusing that they still put uh, XP in there uh, for <laughs> for uh, a very advanced uh, keyboard. But um, the power supply, it's all bus power. The width is 3.38 uh, inches. The width is 29 inches. The depth is 12.25 inches. The weight is about 13 pounds. In the, um, and it's called, again, the uh, Kai MPK 249. It's really, really cool. Um, it has presets for almost all the major DAWs. It has, I mean, actually, a lot of DAWs that I've, some of them I've never heard of. Of course, there's Ableton Live Lite. There's um, Hybrid 3. They have uh, MPC. Uh, they have, tw I believe, yeah, Twist 280, uh, Bitwig, uh, Reason. Uh, they have Studio One from PreSonus. They have Pro Tools, of course, they have Cubase, they have Logic, uh, they have FL Studio, they have Sonar, they have uh, Sonavox, they have AirTech, they have Drumazon, they have, uh, sorry, I'm just looking through, I'm actually twisting the knob right now on the on the keyboard, um, they have Battery 4, there's so many, there's Stylus, they have so much, um, and all of the pads and everything and all the keys, they all customize to the DAW, and it's really cool, it works Seamlessly, it, it doesn't even take any advanced setup or anything, and again, it's all completely USB powered and everything like that. It's actually really cool. Um, the USB cord is the power from your computer is driving this whole entire thing, and there's a lot of lights on it, um, a lot of processing power, I would assume, inside it. Uh, so it's pretty amazing that the USB power can drive that much, uh, that many lights and that much power into a board like that. So uh, I believe that's all I have uh, for this episode of the podcast. It was a bit longer than on some of the other podcasts, but hopefully it was a very entertaining topic. Um, and again, we will be live. I'm, I've yet to come out with a schedule, but just if you want to listen to the podcast being recorded and broadcasted live, go ahead and uh, go. Just subscribe to my YouTube channel and turn on notifications. And I don't say that like just so you can like get notifications and and you know. 
grow my user base, but because I haven't set up a whole schedule and everything, um, I would think it might be easier just so you know for now uh, when the podcast is live if you really do want to listen to it live. So yeah, go ahead and listen to it live if you want to listen to it live, or just listen to the recorded version here on uh, on my website, g-story.com. We have it on iTunes, we have it on Podbean, we have it on WordPress, we have it in a lot of places, so you should be able to find it almost anywhere. Again, this is the Jay Doherty Podcast. I'm Jay Doherty. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single person's time uh, coming here today and listening to the podcast. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Goodbye.